If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of John, chapter 7. John, chapter 7. I'm going to turn and start at verse 37. Though not mentioned in the Old Testament, the Jews had a ceremony of carrying water from the pool of Siloam. And they poured it into a silver basin by the altar of burnt offering for each of the first seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles. The people had gone through this religious observance. And yet their hearts was not satisfied because they had not truly understand the deep meaning of the feast. It was just symbolic, these feasts, these typologies, these celebrations. So just before they departed for their homes, Jesus said, I've had enough of this ritual. And we pick it up in verse 37. He said, in the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, y'all tired of watching this water be poured out? If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Anybody glad there's a source of power in this house? But watch this. This spake he of the Spirit. Which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now I know what you're thinking today. Is the Spirit for me? Being filled with the Holy Spirit, is that for me? I want you to look if any man thirst. It's universal. Jesus was extending an invitation to anyone and everyone. Saying that you're going to need my Spirit one day to help you get through this world. You know what we need in 2021? We don't need new structure. We don't even need a new building. We need a pouring out of God's Spirit. That's what we need. So I'm going to preach to you on this topic, the source. Look at your neighbor and tell him the source. The source. The source. Whatever you was reading on, if you had your phone, your iPad, a Bible, if you was looking at the screen, just close your eyes for a moment and lift your hands and your voice with me. God, your anointing is here. Your power is here. God, I believe that you want to give us revelation of your word and remind us why we're here today. What's the purpose, God? Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And today you want that water flowing in all of our lives. Bless these precious people. Help me to deliver your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone shout amen. amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. You may be seated. I found an old hymn this week. Guess what it was titled? At the river. Come on, somebody. It was written by Robert Lowry in 1864, and you can still find it in hymnals today. But this is what it said. <clears throat> yes, we'll gather at the river. The beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. I read this, and I begin of God. I read this and I begin to think about the river. 
Is anyone thankful to be gathered at the river this morning with great people at the river? Now, I understand that the church is more than just a building, but this place is special. And if you open the Bible, you understand that God ordained certain places to refresh people. Holy ground, God-occupied space. For Abraham, it was the oak of Memir. For Jacob, it was Bethel. For Samuel, it was the tabernacle of Shiloh. And the list goes on and on. But there's one place, one symbol that seems to be universal throughout the word of refreshing revelation and direction. A whale. In the hot, dry climate of Israel, whales were... Uh, about sustaining life. Without them, animals, animals wouldn't thrive. Crops wouldn't grow. And people would be overwhelmed by thirst. And life would become unsustainable. Without water, what you have is a desert. So the well was a symbol that God was creating a place of promise and blessing in the land. Hagar was sent away from Abraham. And when she thought she would perish, she prayed, God help me. And God sent an angel to Hagar and showed her a well. And the well of Hagar is a symbol of God will provide. Anybody glad today there's a well of God's provision? Anybody ever thought, God, you can't hear me anymore, and God showed up and said, I've got a little provision for you? Then you have the well in Mesopotamia. Abraham's servant prayed a prayer at the well, and God showed him the bride for Isaac, showing us that God has a well of answered prayers. Anybody ever prayed and God dipped in that well and Gave you the answer to those prayers. David once said, I want a drink from the well of Bethlehem. That's where he grew up. That was his homeland. It's like drinking out of a water hose in Albany. It just was real. It get no better. David said, I remember what it was like when I lived in Bethlehem. I want some of that water from Bethlehem. So some of his mighty men fought their way to the well, and they brought, they brought back water to him. And, and God was showing David that I've got a well of memories. A place where I can remind you what I did then, I can still do now. Anybody glad that God has a well to remind us that what he did then, he can still do again today? Come on, if God healed then, he can heal today. If God has delivered back then, he can deliver today. There's a well, a source of memories. Jesus, even when he showed up, he went out of his way to run into a woman at the well of Samaria. Her life was in shambles, but at that well, Jesus told her what what could change her life. He said, look, you drink this water out of this well, you're going to thirst again. You're going to be thirsty. He said, but if you drink of the spirit that God's going to give you, you'll never thirst again. You know what that woman did? She left her water pots and said, yeah, I found the real source. I don't need this man-made well. I've got a spiritual well. Aren't you glad there's a well of divine encounters? No man can give it. No man can take it away. And when you, when you reach the last part of human logic, God steps in and says, I've got a place for you. And at the beginning of this year, the Holy Spirit took me to the book of Exodus. God just delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage. And they were exhausted, wandering, and just wandering around the wilderness. They were tired. Three days after they left Egypt, they had no water. Can you imagine? Three days, God delivers them. Ten plagues. Takes them over the Red Sea. They get into the wilderness, and for three days, they have no water. And they get to the bitter waters of Merah. And God showed Moses a tree. God said, Moses, take that tree and throw it in the water. And when you throw it in the water, those bitter, toxic waters are going to become sweet. And Moses took that tree and he threw it into that bitter, toxic water. And when he did, that water cleared up and became 
sweet. You know what that's a symbol of? It's a symbol of Calvary. Because when our life, when sin stepped into our life, it made us toxic. It made us literally bitter, mad, angry. But when the cross got involved, the tree, all of a sudden things started to sweeten up in our lives. It's a symbol of the cross. But watch this. The tree wasn't the end of what God was doing. Well, can I say that again? We don't stop at the cross. We got to get to Pentecost. We don't stop just because there's Calvary. I don't want to be a butterfly. I want to be an eagle. And if you stop at the cross, you'll be a butterfly. But you'll never soar like an eagle. You got to get to Pentecost. So watch this. I've never heard this taught on. I've never heard it preached. God spoke this to me. The tree wasn't the end. It just took care of the bitter water. But God had an oasis for them. Watch this. Exodus 15 and 27. After the bitter water, after the tree. And they came to a limb where there were 12 wells of water and three score and ten, 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. The wells of water and palm trees speak of refreshment, and they paint a picture of an oasis in the middle of the desert. I want you to think about it. Before God ever brought them out of Egypt, He already had the palm trees planted and the wells done. Before He had... Anybody glad that you showed up in a place where the palm trees and the whales were already planted? Before you ever got out of addiction, God said, I got a place for you. Before you ever got out of the vices of the enemy, God said, I got a place for you. I feel the Holy Ghost. You know what God told me? He said the river is going to be a place of the 12 and the 70. He said it's going to be a place of power and anointing. You know what these whales and palm trees would be symbolic of? What Jesus come to do in this world. Matthew 10 and 1 says that when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He then sent out the 12, everybody say the 12 wells, and said to them, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And then you turn to Luke 10 and 1. The Lord appointed 70 others also. 70? So you got 12 and 70. And he sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. He also said to the 70, heal the sick. He said to them, tell everyone the kingdom of God has come near to you. And God spoke to me and said that this is a place of the 12 and of the 70. The river is a place of power and authority. Provision, restoration, healing and abundance. An oasis and a well for those that are tired and weary. This is a place where life slows down and relationships are built and memories are made and the anointing flows and a place of divine encounters. I feel the Holy Ghost. There are many, I've come to prophesy to this world, there are many that are still bound by the vices of this world, but God already has a place of palm trees and wells. This Thursday night at Revive, they had 130. Baptized four had to get the Holy Ghost because there's a place of wells and there's a place of palm trees. I'm glad today there's a place of power. Not just man-made religion, but power. It's an oasis. It's an oasis. It's an oasis. Just this year, we've seen over 60 people baptized in Jesus' name. We've seen over 20 filled with the Spirit for the first time. We've seen people renewed, delivered, and healed. Why? Because this is a place of the 12 and the 70. And God has a place planted in the middle of a wilderness. It's dark out in the world. That's okay. There's an elim. There's a place of the 70 and the 12. 
Now, let me say this. This place is special. I preached it. I'm talking about it. I'm telling you what God has spoke. But this campus and our structure is not the source of salvation, blessings, power, and demonstration. When it becomes more about the river than it is about the kingdom, all them blessings are going to be pulled back. When it becomes more about what we can do here, let's get our four and no more, God will shut it off. This won't be a place of the palm trees. And when we stop reaching for the lost and we become the country club of Pentecost, guess what? He'll pull them blessings because he said, I come to seek and to save. Jesus said, I can't hang around the religious, but I'll sit at the table with sinners. I've come to reach those that nobody else wants to reach because that's the purpose of the 12 and the 70. My God. I'm about to get on this keyboard. Give me some organ in the background or something. I got me an app on my phone that plays an organ. I need to put that joker up here with a microphone and just let it play. We're not the source. We're just a conduit. The prophet Ezekiel showed us the source. In Ezekiel 47, the prophet is given a vision while he was in exile in Babylon of a river. And that river springs forth. And this river of living water, it comes from the throne of God. And an angel of the Lord brought Ezekiel to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. In Scripture, water is often tied to life and to the work of the Holy Spirit. Notice it flowed from the throne of God and it went through the temple and then it went outside the temple. God is telling us for there to be any hope outside, there's got to be spiritual water flowing in the sanctuary of God. But we aren't going to get the water flowing down the streets of our communities and bringing life where there is death until it begins to flow down the aisles of the church first. We don't have time for casual church. If God's presence doesn't show up among his people, how will it show up in our neighborhoods? How will it ever show up in our nation? How will it ever show up in the world? It starts in the sanctuary. You know what I'm tired of hearing? Boy, I get dangerous at 11 a.m. You know what I'm tired of hearing? What's wrong with our world? I didn't come to say what's wrong with the world. What's wrong with the church? There should be so much power and love in here and anointing that when we walk out of here, the river just goes with us wherever we go. Watch, watch what happens. Ezekiel 47, 6 through 7. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Do I see it? I see it, Ezekiel said. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. These trees are symbolic of people. And they knew the only way they would survive was to stay planted by the source of the river. That's why the psalmist said they are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. People who stay planted close to the source are not easily swayed. They hold their ground and it doesn't matter what comes or goes. It doesn't matter what storms blow. I've got a source of power and strength. Watch this. These people bear their fruit. Why? To bless others. Their leaves never wither. 
Now, that doesn't mean that a person connected to the source never has negative experiences. We all have battles. It just means the negative things don't cause them to wither and die. I want you to look at somebody and say, I'm going to make it because of the source. I want you to look at somebody else and tell them, I'm going through some things, but I'm going to make it because I've been planted by the river of life. So then, then you get to Ezekiel 47 and 9. And there's swarms of living creatures. They, 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 they're in the river. There will be large numbers of fish. That's souls. That's revival because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. It makes salty things fresh. You ever said, you salty? Get the Holy Spirit and get unsalty. So where the river flows, look. Everything will live. Wherever the river goes, everything it touches will live. And then it goes on to verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river and their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit. They don't just bear fruit every once in a while. They just don't get up one moment and down the next. Every season they're producing fruit. And this is important because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. And their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. What I have, the source of the power God puts in me, will produce fruit that when others partake of it, it's going to bring healing to their life. And people in 2021 are done with broken cisterns and dry wells. They want something that goes beyond human explanation that can change their lives and circumstances. They're tired of routine. They're tired of regiment. Give me the river. That's in Ezekiel 47. Give me the river. Give me the river. We need the source. Listen, a study was done on rats and how persistent they were to find food. They were given four options. Four doors to go through. At the end of the fourth door was a piece of cheese. The rat tried the first door, no cheese. Came back out, second door, no cheese. Third door, no cheese. Finally, the rat tried the fourth door, and guess what they found? That rat found a big piece of Velveeta cheese. The next day, the rat was placed in the same room. He didn't go to the first door first, or the second, or the third door. Guess where that rat went? To the fourth door. And there he found the cheese. The next day, the rat was placed in the same room, but this time they moved the cheese to the first door. They wrong. Moved the cheese to the first door, put it on the fourth door. The rat went into the fourth door, didn't find no cheese. Came back out, shook his head, looked around, went back in the fourth door, came back out, no cheese. Went back in the fourth door, came back out, no cheese. Something's going on. Where's the cheese? But do you know what that rat had enough common sense to do? If it ain't in the fourth door, he started walking down to the third door, to the second door, and finally he found the cheese in the first door. The rat understood that the door was not the source of the blessing. It's wherever the cheese was that was the Some of you tried the door of addiction. Some of you have tried the door of religion and there wasn't no cheese there. But today you walked into the church where the door isn't the source of the blessing. It's where the cheese is. It's where the power of God is. 